What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Aussie podcast. This week, we are back to talk about the UFC card going down this weekend from the UFC Apex headline by Song Yudong versus Ricky Simone. Great fight in the main event and Ricky Simone's first UFC main event. i uh, excited for that fight. Uh, the card, the rest of it, not looking so good, but we'll still give you our betting opinions as always. And I'm joined by my co-host, Ozzy. How are we doing this week, my man? Awesome. Good. Uh, good to be back. Yeah, just uh, you know, doing a lot of stuff right now in the day to day. Unfortunately, not going to be able to watch this uh, watch this fight card. Um, but you know, I'm told that it exists. They kept it together. They have Kyle Bahalio here, uh, uh, Brazilian Chad, event for the boy. Um, and we'll see what uh what comes about it. You know, I'm excited to as always see Adolfo Vieira. Uh, once again, he was he was uh, you know, my first big payday in the you know betting space was because of that beautiful man and i'm looking forward to him putting the sleep this uh, cody brundage uh, character yeah i think you told that tale um once upon a time on the podcast about uh viera um and uh yeah just kind of a sad card uh anyway last last week's card was an even sadder card though for me lost pretty much every bet you know just a lot of things went poorly um I won on like the first so, fight or two, and then it just went all downhill from there. That last week's card's a good showcase for like some of the variance kind of things that happened, like the Dana stoppage, Christos Yagos knocking out Rick Len, first guy ever to do it. Um, you know, stuff like that. What was there another one, uh, like another kind of like weird outcome? No, not sure, not not remembering all of them too much, or you know, but green, um, green, uh, headbutt. Oh, the, the headbutt stuff, but it's just you know, kind of some some events kind of go like that where you know, you're kind of like trying to fl- flipping back and forth, and it's favorite one fight, and it's underdog, favorite underdog, you know, knockout, you know, some you know, quick win conditions, you know, mixed in. Um, but yeah, it was a bad card, I think, for for a lot of people, and uh, definitely one that was hard to predict. Yeah, a lot of underdogs won. Um, I think six or six or seven underdogs, right? So, yeah, Bruno, Bruno Silva. I mean, I, I will say a lot of the good the underdogs that cashed, uh, catch them catch them uh, steam. So like uh, Silva, um, Usman, um, yeah. So. That card sucked, though. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, the first, the first like, honest. four fights were all, like, just so boring. Um, Do you know what pissed me off? Um, that I had the read of Gomis so good. Because, like, it's like the guy doesn't do a lot. He just circles on the back foot. You know, the over. I did end up playing the over and the goes distance. But that definitely should have been a bigger play. Yeah, cause, I remember that you were confident yeah. in that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that's, like, the way to do, go about it. Try to get the read of the fighter. And then, you know, look when you can match him with an opponent that's going to give you a, you know, putting forth that read. But uh, let's get into this card because there's a few fights that uh, I'm not going to have too many thoughts on. Yep. I can't fault you there. First fight is in the women's bantamweight division. Haley Cohen taking on Jamie Lynn Horth. Will we finally get Jamie or Haley Cohen's uh, long-awaited UFC debut? We'll see. Uh, Horth has been steamed to the minus one sixty favorite. Cohen coming back at plus one forty. I think if you were to make a bet at Pickham, I, I would have sided with Horth as well. Uh, the market obviously agrees, but we're getting to the point where it's at now. You can't be thinking about laying this juice. I mean, it's a woman who's never fought in the UFC before. Um, and 
you know, it's not like her tape is really immaculate. I mean, she she's getting dropped by some women out there, getting taken down, has some good comeback wins, seems to have a pretty good uh, gas tank on her. And this woman is finishing fights, you know, consistently late second and third round, always finishing women. Um, so it just seems like she's, you know, resilient and finds a way to win in there. And I think she probably will do the same here. I don't have a clear idea of how it's going to do. But like, would it really surprise anybody if Haley Cohen just pins her against the fence for long periods of time and steals a, t- a terrible decision here? It wouldn't surprise me. So this this isn't a fight that you can really bet on at this stage of the game. Um, should obviously cruise to a decision. Uh, what are you thinking? Anything at all? Um, yeah, man. I wouldn't be too sure about the cruise into decision just because, like, you know, Haley Cohen, her insides are blowing up, right? She popped her ovary in her, you know, last. That's right. Know, yeah. Not not too long ago. Yeah, not too long ago. And I'm no, you know, uh, a doctor, but when shit is exploding inside, you can't be a good thing. Um, so that's one. And then two, you know, I I did see Jamie. Uh, you know, I did see her last fight kind of going like live and kind of or not live, or, but like I was aware that it was going <laughs> on. You know, I checked it out. Um. She did well. She she kind of just like has like a good pace uh, to her and is comfortable in all the areas, which Haley Cohen I think is is not as much. Uh, but the fight, like the odds on it, is just so bad. Like I was looking at it, like maybe okay, maybe we could get this girl by submission, and it's four to one. So it's like it's not very interesting for me to you know for me to do that. So it is a pass fight for overall. Um, I think that, uh, but I think Haley Cohen maybe she could get himself going, but. Uh, Probably not. It's just a pass fight. I mean, if it goes above like 160, maybe you could get in on Haley Cohen just to take a stand against the steam. But otherwise than that, I don't want to get involved. Yeah, just two other points real quick. The uh, Horth hasn't fought in a year and a half. And uh, Cohen, like you said, she got uh, an ovarian cyst rupture. That was back in February. So she had to have been training for that fight for six weeks. Then that fight gets canceled. She has another fight booked. That fight gets canceled. Now she's basically probably been in training camp for like four months straight so you can kind of overtrain at a point like yeah. that so also one thing we didn't mention is uh jamie is moving up to 135 right this is 135 fight. yeah it is i didn't i didn't even realize it so yeah so her horror career was at 125 so Haley cohen's a big girl too yep all right that'll take us to a catchweight fight next fight journey newsom versus marcus mcgee this just put together today brian kelleher is out of his fight the odds for this one uh have um McGee at plus 165, Journey Newsom minus 190. Crazy opener here. I think uh, plus 315 for McGee. Uh, a lot of steam coming on him since then. You think the steam is correct on, on McGee here, Ozzy? Um, yeah, I saw a few of his fights when they when they went on. The guy, I mean, he looks, he's very green overall. Not very um composed, I would say. Um, You know, that got him finished against uh, the Brazilian guy he fought in LFA. And then the last two he fought was a literal punching bag, um, was like a Nate, a Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz guy, I think, or maybe a wannabe. I don't know, but he got he got beat up pretty good. Um, McGee, he has like a few skills, um, but I'm just, you know, I'm not sure if that will produce a UFC win. Obviously, this is like he's going against Jernie Newsom, who's not a very highly ranked or a very uh, a standout in any aspect. Um, but you know, he's been preparing for this fight. Obviously the catch weight aspect is not good for him because I do think Newsom is a smaller guy for the weight class. Um, and you know, probably will grappling would favor him. Um, so McGee being at the weight at, at, at the higher weight, maybe that, that, uh, bodes well for him, but I like this fight overall to, 
potentially go to, go to the scorecards. Um, Newsom is pretty tough to me. Durable keeps distance, right? Does that karate taekwondo shit? Um, but he does also land some good shots, so you know it's not a huge play. Um, but I do think that I would probably rather have uh, McGee plus money than uh, play Journey Newsom, especially with the weight, uh, the catch weight aspect of it. Um. Yeah, I, I just watched this guy's fights. I like this guy, McGee. Uh, he kind of looks like Mickey Rourke a little bit to me. Um, definitely, definitely an interesting look this guy has going on. Um, and he's like, looks like he's like a professional skateboarder or some shit too. So this guy just seems cool to me, right? Um, and, you know, I watch his fights and I think the guy is a little more composed than, than what Ozzy said. I actually think the guy has a good idea uh, of pressuring opponents, of mixing up, you know, kicks to the legs, punches to the body, punches to the head. Uh, and all of his offensive techniques looks like pretty solid to me. I think the guy's a pretty crisp striker. Doesn't look like a good grappler. Um, has been taken down in a lot of his fights. Never really looks to offensively uh, wrestle himself. But, um, you know, I don't think that that's going to be the MO here at all for him he, here. I think if anyone is hitting takedowns in this fight, it, it could be Newsom. But he, Newsom doesn't really have a top game. And it's not like McGee is a, a terrible grappler. So I, I don't see grappling being a, a real path. I think this should be a striking fight. And just rewatching some of their fights uh, recently, you know, back to back. Journey Newsom, I think the fight you really got to look at is Fernie Garcia, a guy who is a boxer who is kind of very heavy on his lead legs and just let Journey uh, have his ideal range in that fight. He was throwing a lot of his Taekwondo kicks and he had success darting in and out of range and being quicker than Fernie and eventually was able to win a decision in that fight. But um, Fernie Garcia barely put a single ounce of pressure on him in that fight. And if you watch McGee's fights, he He's always, you know, getting guys moving backwards, pinning them against the cage and unleashing combinations there. And I think that's the difference is that Newsom can look pretty and technical and land his kicks when he has his preferred range. But if Marcus is pressuring him in this small cage, I think Newsom's composure, his strike arsenal, uh, his kicks are not going to be as effective. And I think that McGee's got a good chance to just, uh, you know, uh, win this battle of attrition here. This seems to me to like a pretty 50-50 type of fight. I know Newsom has the full camp. I know Newsom has the UFC experience, but um, I've liked what I've seen from McGee. And it's not like Newsom has done anything remotely impressive in the UFC, right? He's been there for almost four years, and his wins are Domingo Pilarte and um, Fernie Garcia. So uh, I don't. I think this is a, a good, a good, you know, test for McGee here. I'm excited for this fight, um, and I'll pick, I'll pick McGee to uh, pull off the upset victory. Next fight is a bantamweight women's fight. Stephanie Edgar taking on. Uh, Arena Alexiva, uh, Stephanie is the favorite, minus 300, Arena plus 250. Um, so just a brief tape I did on this woman. She doesn't look like god-awful in any area. Actually, on the feet, she looks kind of mean on the feet. Like She throws some pretty uh, hard strikes, and I think that she actually might be able to uh, be the better striker than Edgar here. Um, she has been put on bottom herself and you know does look very susceptible to Edgar's top game but she's also gotten on top of herself and we've seen Stephanie Edgar's fights she goes back and forth trade in top position with women it's just a sloppy grappling fight and I don't see how um she's gonna justify minus 300 here she she didn't even justify minus 300 versus all in Perez in that short fight and I think that this is bound to just be a close fight everywhere I mean um I just think Alex Eva actually might have a, a better chance than these odds indicate. So I don't think there's a ba it's a bad stab at all on Arena here at this uh, plus two fifty price. You have any thoughts on this low level fight here? Yo, sign me up, Alex. Alex, what? Alex Eva? I don't know. 
Alex Eva. I've had a lot of luck with uh, Alex's. Alex, you know, so I think uh, this Alex girl, um, she's got what it's... I mean, they, they, do, uh, they do a lot of this, you know, same, uh, same kind of things. You know what I mean? They so, do, yeah. Uh, yeah, they do a lot of the same kind of things. So, so Stephanie Agra a lot of times catches these girls by surprise. Somehow, somehow in women's MMA, you're able to be caught by surprise by judo throws. I don't know how that's the case. They don't know the meta. Fucking insane. It just doesn't make any sense. You see all these girls getting judo thrown. How do you not, like, have some counter? I don't understand. But either way, I think this Alexandria girl, uh, she's got what it takes. I think, uh, you know, she's fighting at 135. Like a few of her old fights were at 125, which I actually like for some of these girls because I feel like sometimes force, you know, that kind of, like, weight drop, right, when in actuality it actually doesn't really matter all that much, right? Like the girls that are, like, 115, these girls could do fine at 125. Um, so I'll take the plus 250 uh, girl, that Sambo girl, that knows judo. Yeah. She beat a Stephanie in her last fight. As Let's well. not forget, I mean, Mario Bueno Silva just armbarred Edgar in a minute. You know, that was pathetic. So, I mean, she, she's very susceptible to that. Uh, judo people get submitted all the time. And Arena's These only lost. Arena's only lost. She fucked that woman up in round one and uh, and maybe one round two there. That was kind of a weird decision. Um, anyway, uh, next fight, flyweight division, Cody Durden versus Charles Johnson. Uh, Charles Johnson is the favorite, minus 136 here. Cody Durden plus 116. Your turn to start this one off. One of the, be- one hey. of the better fights on the card. I think this might be the main event for uh, for the gamblers. Um, you know, a lot of people got the plus money tickets on Cody Durden. They swear by Cody Durden, but man, you know, I kind of remember the the Moda fight differently, dude. Because I I thought that he smacked. I in my head, my recollection was honestly that he like finished Moda at like the end of round two. I remembered it, and then you look back and it's like, man, this guy literally did not throw any. Sh- like he hit him with. He was just tapping him. Like, he ne- never really intended to finish the fight. And Moda was completely spent. Just, I'm, I'm just not sure why. Like, Cody Durden talks a big game. He's, like, you know, beating people up. He's trying to get bonuses. I think I saw once or twice. But, you know, it's just really not the case. Um, You know, and now I saw him, you know. But the thing is, he does consistently look to grapple. And he makes good decisions. He tries to take the fight to where he's the best. Right, and that that's good. Even against Makayev, right? He got kneed in the fucking chin, and then he right, he grabbed that single leg or something like that, right? He was going for the takedown, and he got choked. Um, but I just think this cardio sometimes, like if you're actually fighting with him, right? This is my point. If you guys are fighting, um, I think his cardio is not that good. I think you gotta make him make bad decisions, and once if if you do make him make a bad decision, I think he's kind of a little frazzled. Um, you know, and Ch- Johnson. I think a lot of factors in that last fight for why it happened, you know, why he kind of looked like that. Obviously, sometimes the guy doesn't get really started, but he's only lost really decisions. So, like, do I think Cody Durden is going to control this guy enough to win a decision? I really don't. You know, maybe it happened a little bit, but I really don't. Like, Ode was able to get that fight catch weight. He's strong as fuck at that weight class. Underrated, I think, sometimes with the grappling. So I'm going to just side with Charles Johnson here, you know, at this reduced price now. Um, but I don't want to blame anybody that loves the plus money on, on, on the guy with, you know, probably the better grappling. Yeah, I did bet uh, Durden here myself. Um, 
that last fight from Charles just really wasn't a good look. I've heard, you know, some sayings that, that he was uh, sick for that fight. It was short notice. Um, but, I mean, this fight is fairly short notice, too. I just feel like Charles has taken so many fights, and he's not really taken enough time off in between fights to, like, you know, work on stuff. And, I mean, this is... Um, let me just refresh my memory. So he has... This will be his fifth UFC fight in nine months. Um, it'll be his fourth UFC fight in six months. So, I mean, the guy's just fighting a lot, right? Um, he was pretty lucky to get away with the Zumagulov win. Uh, he had an easy fight against Flick, and then he struggled pretty badly against O'Day Osborne in that last fight. And I just think that, uh, you know, he's he's a very solid defensive grappler. He doesn't give up dominant positions. What we saw in the Mokaya fight is he he can, you know, give up the body lock. He can. Uh, have trouble breaking that body lock so he was able to avoid you know getting flattened out on the mat or getting put in any dominant positions but he was able to work back up to his feet and that was really it he was never able to really break the the hands uh, clasp of Mokayev in that fight and he got you know controlled from the back for the majority of the fight so I just think a similar thing could happen here um, you got to think that the striking should favor Charles Johnson to a, a a pretty heavy amount. I would say, you know, like 80, 20 margin, but I don't think Durden is going to be completely helpless on the feet. And one thing I saw watching some tape for this fight is Johnson just throws a ton of front kicks and he's kind of lazy with them. Like he must telegraph some a bit and he doesn't snap the kick back as much and he just leaves it out there. And O'Day Osborne was able to catch several of them. And I think that Cody's going to be looking to do the same here, even if he's maybe struggling to to get um, takedowns, you know, from wrestling shots, I think that he might be able to time uh, catching one of these kicks from Charles and get him down there. And uh, for a fight that I just expect to be a close decision, I'm going to go with the the wrestler who I think has the, the control time upside um, and just really didn't like what I saw from Charles in his last fight. So um, taking us to the next fight, which is in the heavyweight division, another highly anticipated fight here, Jake Collier versus Martin Boudet. Uh, pick them line here, minus 110 for both guys. You know, kind of maybe a little trending towards Collier as the favorite on some books. Um, I know it's your. it was supposed to be my turn to start it off, but do you mind starting this one off for me, Ozzy? Sure. Yeah, so we got um got the uh, heavyweight, this beautiful heavyweight, you know, fight between these two uh, Caucasian men. Uh, both guys overweight, but they're overweight in a different way. So if you look at the calculations, right, thinking about Jay Collier being at 185, right, let's say he had 10% body fat and, uh, you know, his lean mass, whatever it is. Now, all you have to do is just think about, like, the amount of weight that Jake would have to have really gained to get up to 270. It's purely fat. The guy is about 40 to 45% body fat. And Martin Boudet will just clearly have about a 40 to 50 pound lean body weight advantage over Jay Collier. Okay, so let's just get that out of the way. Now, secondly, you know, Boudet is coming off that fight against uh, Bresky, who people could hate Bresky, right? Obviously, his grappling got exposed again against Carl Williams. Carl, was, Carl Williams would do that to Jay Collier, just so people are, uh, are aware. But anyway, he, he went against Lucas Bresky. Bresky pretty quick for heavyweight right he's pretty nimble he's only like 235 pretty tall he's like six foot four six foot five through tons of strikes right he landed a fuck ton of them obviously but it was pretty hard for boudet's fat ass uh 280 right cuts down the heavyweight to track that dude down in that big cage uh i think that was in san diego as well so it was probably some good looking chicks in the uh, audience as well it was distracting boudet and he got a late start to that fight but somehow some way he still won um but now he's gonna fight jay collier 
telling me about Jake Collier's volume, how he's gonna light Boudet up, all this stuff, dude. Is he quicker than Bresky? Does he necessarily throw more volume than Bre? Honestly, I think Bresky is an easier fight for Boudet than, or a harder fight, excuse me, than Jay Collier is. Because I think what's going to happen here is Jay Collier, right? He's going to come out strong. He comes out strong, you know. He 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 holds it. He he has uh, his hands up. He throws good strikes. You know, good shot selection early on. But what's going to happen is Bresky. He's not going to be able to hurt Bresky with punches, okay? And then Bresky's going to start leaning on him. Start hitting them in the clinch. Start busting them up. Start pushing them back. Start keep keeping the center. And you saw he this guy doesn't really get that tired. Like he was coming forward against Bresky all three rounds there. So I'm pretty. I feel pretty good about Buddy Boudet here at Pick Up Mods. I get the bigger heavyweight, the guy who you know he's consistently gone. Uh, you know he's looked okay, but he's been going three rounds. Like I don't think cardio is an issue for him. And uh, and I think he he will uh, cycle this fight into the areas that he has an advantage and jay collier is just totally out of shape like this guy like it was tragic seeing how he was shooting for that takedown against barnett and barnett like sprawled on him and like how jake <laughs> like how slow and tor tortoise like he looked there's no way you could bet on that guy man come on let's go buddy boudet for the win yeah i mean i've been historically pretty um forgiving of jay collier but i mean if we look at his past four fights he should he should have won all four of them uh he got unlucky with the philippe uh, and arlovsky decisions and he completely botched that last fight barnett who is probably the worst heavyweight on the roster and you know that's just such a litmus test of like are you able to pass this i mean it should be a no-brainer and collier dumped his load in round one went for the finish completely gassed out and he ended up failing and losing in completely embarrassing fashion i really feel like that moment after that fight was stopped every gambler who you know bet on him or i bet on him in that fight should have made like a pact to themselves that no more dollars should be wagered on Jake Collier, at least until he proves himself reliable again, especially not in the very next fight uh, after he just pulled that shit in that, uh, that Barnett fight. So I am unwilling to trust Collier and I agree with a lot of just points. Ozzy said, I, I don't have the exact math on the, the, the body mass comparisons. I'm going to go ahead and try. I could go, I could break it. I could break it down. If no, no. I'm, I'm just saying, I, mean, I haven't okay. verified the numbers myself. Okay. So I do trust you. Okay. I, I I do think he's crunching. They're very, they're very, it's simple arithmetic. So I, I think most of our audience should be able to, uh, to follow or, uh, you know, calculate it on their own. Okay. So. And yeah, that's, that's true. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, I just think it's the lean, bro. It's the cage lean from Boudet here is going to get Collier. The small cage is big for Boudet here. And I just think that Collier, Collier, it's clear that Collier's margins are thin, right? He, 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 he we're coming off two decisions in a row that he should have won that he didn't win because his margins are just so thin. While I'm not saying, you know, Boudet has these, you know, massive round winning margins but the fact that he is the grappler and just more likely i think to like win longer stretches of this round clearly uh makes me side with him at pick him here um i just think that collier is going to need a very specific fight with minimal grappling and uh you know win the striking very clearly uh, and i just think that that's a little too much to ask for him at this price tag as well so um uh, oh and one more thing is budai's you know his knees in the clinch, like they might seem like bullshit, but I think that 
there's actually some thud behind those knees. And uh, with all the, the fat in Collier's legs, I think that, you know, those could be really effective here. And uh, just the, the wear and tear from the clinch could could completely gas uh, Collier out in the second half of this fight. So um, enough about that one. We're already at the main card, six fight main card, really short card. Uh, another pretty short notice replacement here. Josh Quinlan taking on Trey Waters was supposed to be uh, Angelusa. Uh, but instead, it's Trey Waters, the line for this one. Quinlan minus 180, Trey Waters plus 155. Um, a lot of people are very, very urgent to bet against Josh Quinlan for some reason. I, I agree the guy doesn't look like great, but I don't think he's like auto fade material like some people are making him out to be. Um, to me, in this fight, I'm looking at the over one and a half. I think both guys, if you look at their records, they have a lot of finishes. I think they're both kind of having a, a step up in competition here. Uh, this is really a, a glorified LFA fight. Um, and I just think that they're going to be striking with one another. And I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, timid striking on the outside. You know, Waters is so long. He, he kind of pumps his jab out and uses his length. And I think Quinlan might be a little troubled by that length that we might even see some wrestling from Quinlan here. And I just think they're going to burn some clock. Um, I just think they're, they're probably not going to look like they're going under one and a half at minus minus one thirty. I mean, one and a half at juiced odds. I just think that's off here. So I'll go ahead and take a, a bet on the plus. 100 to go over one and a half and i guess i guess quinlan will win um i i I prefer quinlan in this fight you know waters just didn't like how he looked on the ground against uh bonfine anyone that gets the von flu choke that's concerning but it just looked like he looked it's different like a good grappler could get von flu choke don't get me wrong right you're not i don't think i ever got tapped with one of those fair Fair. That's why I said a good grappler could get yeah, caught with those. That's true. Um, that's why you didn't get caught. Um, but he just looked like a guy who should get caught with a von flu choke. You know what I mean? Like, were you surprised when after that takedown happened? You weren't surprised when a von flu choke appeared, right? He just, yeah, he just like, he didn't even try to get that arm out of there. Yeah, yeah. Like he looks like the kind of guy you're like. Hmm. I think this is the kind of guy you do the bump. I, I, you know, I, I myself, you know, there was a guy. I was like, mm, this guy looks like a guy I can bump flucho, and I did have it, but I didn't get to finish it. But yeah, so on the feet, I kind of like what he does. He's got good timing. He turns over his shots well. He's long, like you said. I can see this guy winning some UFC fights, but he's weak. He's not strong. You know, he weighs in under the 170 pound limit as well. And I think that the people that don't like Quinlan, I think maybe underrate a little bit of the grappling. I think that, you know, I watch a few of his fights and there's some grappling in there. And it's not, I'm not saying it's polished, but it's not that bad. And I do think, uh, you know, he's been, he's always lived in uh, Las Vegas. So I think he's always been kind of like fine tuning the grappling. Um, And I think that uh, we should probably see, we'll probably see some of that here. You know, I would, I would expect um, but I think I, because of the grappling advantage that I see from him and the fact that I think uh, he's got enough power to make Waters respect. Like, Waters really didn't respect the karate uh, uh, or tech. I don't know what he does. Uh, Fullen, Fuller, Jalen Fuller, um, that he knocked out. He didn't really respect his hands. He'll have to respect Josh Quinlan. Um, and I think that'll give Quinlan the opportunity to set up a lot of his other offense. And so I'll pick him to win. Yeah, that should be a, a pretty entertaining fight. Um, so that's that's a solid fight. That's not bad. Uh, speaking of great fights, next one in the heavyweight division, we got the battle of the three names here: Waldo Cortez Acosta taking on Marcus Hojirio yes. de Lima. Uh, heavyweight division. 
And the odds for this one, Hogirio minus 182, Waldo Cortez plus 157. It's been a good run for the Dominican so far in the UFC. Uh, is he going to continue that run? Amazing run for my boy so far. This this fight, very near and dear to my heart. Obviously, longtime listeners know uh, Mar- uh, uh, Paisal, uh, Marcos Rodri- Rodrigo. Uh, he's my birthday twin, so we share a birthday. And uh, obviously, Waldo is uh, is my countryman. So, you know, this is uh, I'm very conflicted on this fight here. Um, but oh, people are doing the uh, the work for me because they're giving the plus money. And, you know, I'm going to lean with the Waldo Acosta side, Acosta side, excuse me. Um, you know, I do see the holes in his game. Obviously, he got leg kicked uh, in a few of his fights. Um, you know, you haven't really seen his grappling. Obviously, his grappling is not good. I could tell you that for a fact. He doesn't have good grappling. But Peizal sometimes, like, yeah, he'll get the takedown and stuff. But, like, sometimes he's a little bit slow to work to the takedown. Um, and I just feel that he's not that reliable to... To, to, to get some of these, you know, dumps. But I do see merit to it because if he does get him down, you know, he, he this guy's a legitimate black belt jiu-jitsu, um, especially on top, you know, overall. Um, but I do think that it might be a little difficult for him to get inside. So I'm, I'm thinking he's going to have to chop the legs early. Waldo's going to be, you know, throwing the jab out. But I love Waldo, like, how he, the arc of his punches, very different, you know, coming at a heavyweight. He's got more power than I think, uh, even though Chase Sherman and Jared Jared uh survived um with him I think he's is he's even a bigger KO threat on the guy like Mar- uh Rodrigo uh De Lima cuz De Lima he's kind of like a, just a quitter right we know him as a quitter um if he's getting touched up to the body right those jabs those piercing jabs to the body um and coming up to the head you know I think that this guy could fold um you know at some point so I'm going to back my boy Waldo um you know in this fight uh, I'm trying to get plus 160 on him. I think I just missed that. Was that bet online? So I'm going to wait for a little bit more. I'm also going to sprinkle that KO price because I feel if the fight goes how Waldo for Waldo winning, there can't be a lot of grappling. He's going to have to be punching this dude in the face. So let's take a little bit of that bonus price, sprinkle that KO, that KO line. It's only two twenty five though. That's kind of a shit price. Yeah, you could get no. You could get a. You could get a three fifty. Oh, yeah, I see it. Right. Three twenty five. Yeah, three twenty. Three fifty. Three fifty is okay for a little sprinkle. Martian. Yeah, I think. He's a I greedy think, bastard. I think. Uh, yeah, round two, round three, maybe for Wald or for Waldo. Uh, but I mean, that'd be nice. Decision could really could happen too. Uh, I mean, my read on the fight is is I'm looking to bet. Uh, Hojiro submission because I think that if the fight stays in the feed, it's going to inevitably be a lot closer than near 65% for Hojiro. I know Marcus could hit the light kicks. He could maybe wobble uh, or Cortez with a big punch. You know, Marcus does wing a pretty hard punch overhand from time to time. Uh, but if you, you got to think that if we see extended minutes of striking, the volume, the jabs, the straight punches of Waldo will probably make this really close. And we might even win. No, I went contest. Back and, no I went, contest on the feet, man. I went back and rewatched uh, uh, the podcast segment from his first fight, and I was I was maybe a little harsh on the guy. I said the guy can't punch at all. I think he's maybe learned how to throw a little bit of punches. He doesn't want Waldo. Yeah, Waldo. Waldo. Oh come on. Uh, he he uh, he still needs to learn how to put some snap behind him because he's just flicking him out there. You know, I could probably teach him a thing or two. I just think he, you know, just the Dominican culture is so like uh, baseball oriented. I think he's really he he spent most of his career trying probably trying to be a pitcher, and then now he's transitioning to being an MMA fighter. Um, so uh, 
yeah, so back to my my analysis. Uh, Hojiro's sub is, I think that if he's looking to take the easiest path to victory here, he will be shooting a takedown, and Waldo has looked pretty tragic on bottom. So I just think that if, if Delima is smart enough to take the path of least resistance, I think the the sub is real good at plus 500. I'm sure, I think it'll come out maybe some other books at 600. Um, and then, uh, but I also agree, money line-wise, Waldo's aside, Waldo 2-3, uh, and look to live bet Waldo here as well, um, because Delima does tend to slow. Um, so that's enough about that one. Delima's in a fold, bro. Delima's not winning that fight. He's in the fold. Oh yeah, unless I think unless he gets takedowns, I don't, I don't think. Yeah, like if he doesn't get a takedown in round one, I think he will fold because gas tank wise, I just don't think he can go at the same pace. I mean, remember this guy went toe to toe with Ivanov. Uh, and, and you got to think about, like, how his fights go, dude. You remember what he did against Ben Ratwa, dude? He just head down throwing fastballs, bro. Like, that shit is not going to work <laughs> against Waldo, dude. It's not working. Yeah. It's not going to work. And I remember when he, like, 10 aided to Stefan Struve, and then round two started, and then he was just dead. <laughs> yeah, he's just complete. But he does it, like, this is, like, all his, against the saucy guy, Ben, the guy that's in jail now. Same thing, dude. He just puts his head down throwing fastballs. Or he's got the fights like the against a Polish dude or Maurice Green where he just lays in praise. Lays, yeah. So he's a weird dude, man. He is a weird, weird guy. That's where we're Gemini's, dude. You know, we got two at least two personalities, a minimum. I got like eight, but he's got at least two. <laughs> he's, got at least, he's got at least two or three. <laughs> like multiple personality disorder type shit. Bro, this Gemini. <laughs> Come on, man. All right. Obviously, you need some women in your life, Martian. Uh, I, I understand you, astrology. Teach, teach you, teach you the zodiac, my friend. Right. All right. So, um, next fights in the featherweight division: Juicy J. Erosa taking on Fernando Padilla, making his UFC debut. Uh, Juicy... Fernando Padilla. It's Padilla. Padilla. I don't think so. I think uh, we'll we'll check that. But bro, it's definitely Padilla. Padilla. I don't know, bro. I will have to test your Spanish on this one. You speak, you speak Dominican Spanish. I don't know, but he, I don't know about, about Mexican Spanish. Um, He's not Mexican, is he Mexican? Yeah, he is. Um, anyway, uh, minus one thirty for Julian Arosa here. Minus uh, plus one ten for Padilla. A lot of steam on Padilla, and man, I, I just have I have trouble fa- uh, trusting Arosa. I mean, te- technique wise, experience wise, I think this fight points to him. I mean, Padilla is a, a decent offensive striker, but I mean, outside of that, what else is there to really say about the guy? And I don't think he's really proven but, much in it. What, what? Like anything else that he does, you don't like him? I just don't think he's like a threat to Julian anywhere else, you know? He's a Mexican Julian Arosa. Yeah, but but Arosa, he's not ever. You ever when you're. Remember when you were training uh, Muay Thai Martian, you ever been like, all right, like, if I sparred myself, like, how would I do? You ever thought about that? Yeah, yeah, totally. So who would win, you think? The, like, would you think you'd be able to defend? Like, what, me or a Mexican version of myself? You or, like, you versus you. Like, you think you could defend and, like, fend yourself off and, like, able to land some shots on yourself? Well, wouldn't I know what was coming because I am the one making the moves as well? I don't no, know. No, not really, no, because it's like they're trying to attack you. It's like. Okay, we'll get back. We'll get back to this. We'll get back to this because I don't, I don't see the relevance. But um, yeah, I mean, just I can't trust Arosa, right? Like I said, that that that's my opinion on the fight. Is he should win? I just think that it's a risky fucking bet to do. I mean, uh, 
you know, the last fight against Caceres, obviously Caceres is a much better fighter than Padilla, but everyone was thinking, oh, what? The one thing, the one thing we don't have to worry about is Arosa's chin. Arosa, you know, Caceres doesn't hit hard. Uh, the biggest problem with Arosa is his chin. Uh, this is a good matchup for him because Caceres doesn't hit hard. And what happened? I mean, a fucking head kick sent him into the shadow realm, and I just can't do it. I, I can't do it. So Arosa should win. I hope he gets it done. I'm a big fan of the guy. Hopefully, he wins the fight and sets up the the super fight with Bill Algio. Um, and uh, yeah, any thoughts here from you? Yeah, man, this is a cool fight, but I'll tell you right now, man, uh, Julian Arosa, in my opinion, not a good bet right here. Not a good bet in this style of fight because these guys are absolutely 1,000% going to go to war, okay? There's no doubt about it. If you could bet fight at night for this fight, I think it would be a good bet. But overall, you know, how they ha- they're pricing this fight, the prop, what's it, what, the prop that they find most likely is, uh, is uh, Arosa by submission. And I just don't see that, you know, because... A lot of times he is getting these submissions. They're like later on because the guy's a little bit, you know, tiring, like uh, like Charles Jourdain or Woodson. You know, he, yeah, the Woodson one, you know, submission Lee. But this guy Padilla has uh good, like very good uh conditioning. Um, I feel, and he's gonna push a pace, and he's he himself has never been submitted, but he submits people. So I would think maybe like if you wanted to try to play something like ends by submission, I don't know what that would be priced at. But I just like overall Padilla in this fight. I think that, you know, he mixes up his strikes really well. I think that he's improved probably in this time off. He looks definitely a little bit, you know, thicker, like more filled out, you know, filled out nice. He's got a reach advantage here as well. And uh, and he's got a proven, you know, pretty proven chin. I've seen this guy get, take shots. You know, I think that Nate Robinson, no, not <laughs> rest in peace to the GOAT, you know, Nick's, you know, Nick's legend. Uh, not quite, but Nick's homie, uh, Nate he's Robinson. Dead? Uh, yeah, he's dead? Yeah, he died, dude. You didn't know that? No. The guy from the dunk contest, yeah, he, right? Yeah, the dude that uh, Jake Paul knocked out. Um, yeah, he oh, had like some kidney, some kidney things, kidney failure, right? You looking it up? Some shit like that. Um, kidney failure, liver, some shit. I'm not killing. Yeah, he's dead. No, he's not dead. No, he's not dead. <laughs> He might be dead. I don't know. <laughs> I thought he died. But anyway, mm. uh, against Nate Richardson, he took a lot of big shots. Um, and Drew CJ doesn't really hit hard. And it's Mexico season. So I got an early bet in on plus 165 on this guy. And I'm probably going to free roll a little bit of it. But bro, I think I, I'm picking him to win. Also, we got to note that he hasn't fought in two years. Um, so... You got to think, obviously, he's been getting a lot better. And, I mean, the guy was fighting, you know, good competition. I mean, look, uh, si- uh, six years ago, he was fighting uh, yeah, Dan Ige in, in CFFC. And he's fought in a lot of guys, uh, Spike Carlisle that came through the UFC, Derek Minner. So, um, like, the guy's been, you know, getting be- fighting legit opponents and getting better at MMA for a long time. You know, don't be surprised if this guy comes in looking a lot better than he did on tape because he fo- he took two years off. So, you know, young Mexican kid, promising striker against Arosa, whose chin is just always a huge question mark. I don't know. I don't like it. Uh, Arosa better be clinching early on here because um, it'll be it'll be a, a rough one if he gets uh, stuck at distance here. Anyway, uh, middleweight division, Cody Brundage, Adolfo Vieira. Uh, Vieira is a heavy favorite. Minus 225, Cody Brundage, plus 190. Your turn to start this one off here. So, Nate Robinson isn't dead, but I thought he was dead because they said that he had kidney <laughs> failure. 
So don't blame that on me, dude. Come on. Like, they throw out that kidney failure word too much, dude. If the thing is failing, like, anyway, which which fight are we on? Brundage versus Hadolfo, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. So, man, that last fight for Brundage, horrible look. Like, I looked, first he looked shocked when he was getting hit with ground and pound. Like, he looked surprised. Like, when, like, uh, Mikau landed uh, elbow in specific that this dude was like, whoa, like, he's allowed to do that to me, which is just a bad look, and I don't like it looking at what Factory X is doing. Like, I'm, you know, it kind of surprises me. Um, But, even like, there, like, Mikau is not really interested in holding him down. Just very complacent to be on his back. His hips, to me, look not very powerful. You know, he, he was able to snake behind him, you know, do a few things. But, you know, here, he could just be like a pest, I think, to Hadolfo. You know, I was just really impressed by Hadolfo in that last fight, being able to fight behind the jab, stay very calm. You know, he shot, uh, how many takedowns? It was like 20 takedowns on uh, on uh, Chris Curtis. But they didn't feel forced to me. Like, you know, yeah, maybe, like, obviously, they, they weren't set up really well. But he he wasn't, like, panic shooting, you know, in my opinion. Um, and even if he was, he has 20 takedowns, but even if he was like his cardio looked really, really good, uh, in that fight. So I think that he's going to be able to jab up or, or strike with Brundage, you know, as he needs to. And eventually he's going to take this motherfucker down and, and choke his ass out. Um, this dude was having a hard time with Joseph Crockpot and, uh, William Knight fucking took his back. Like, what are we talking about? So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> let's go with Adolfo. <laughs> Dude, I almost forgot. <laughs> he like William took him Knight. down and then like all of a sudden, like, remember he, he had his back and yeah, then William was holding Yo. his hands and like, like Brunda <laughs> just couldn't do anything. <laughs> and then like 20 seconds later, fucking Br- uh, William Knight was like behind him. Pun- I've never him seen someone gas out so quickly in fights <laughs> as Brundage does. I mean, the, the, the McCall fight, he takes him down 10 seconds in. He's holding his back. He's controlling. 10 seconds into the fight, the fight is going as perfect as possibly could go. And after three minutes of grappling, which is where Cody is supposed to be his best, the guy is dead tired and like he, he falls off the back. He's just completely dead on his back. He's just to holding his wrist, bro. He's got his guard closed, just holding the guy's wrist for the rest of the fight as the guy punches him in the head. Yeah. And he's, he's just done. I mean, like the, the Cody honestly sucks. I, I don't like, I don't like just throwing <laughs> around the word sucks because it feels like lazy analysis, but like this guy actually is bad at everything in MMA. Um, so he thinks he's good. He thinks he's good. Yeah. I mean, he did have two pretty miraculous wins over Gore and uh, Lungambula, but I, I think he got, like I just said, I, he got lucky in both those wins. Um, so I, I think Hadolfo shouldn't have too much trouble here. I actually think if there's like a stab to be made on the fight, money line wise, I actually think that Rodolfo is probably a good bet. Um, I'm not too interested in uh, laying past minus 200 these days, but this is one of the spots where I'm actually tempted. Um, <laughs> these <and> days. <laughs> yeah, I've learned a lesson once or twice. Um, but Hadolfo KO is, is plus 1,000. Yes. And, like, the dude has a, a po- pretty powerful jab. Brundage quits really easily. They have Brundage KO at plus 400, bro. What the fuck? Like, what? Uh, I don't get that shit, bro. I really Chris don't. Curtis- Chris Curtis couldn't do it. And even like when shoot all them body shots. Even Chris when Curtis Hernandez Hernandez was bombing on him when Vieira was tired, like he was still eating punches. He was just like 
obviously extremely tired. I, I don't know. That's a terrible line. Um, so this should be all Vieira. Uh, obviously, a submission seem, has to be the most likely, but I don't mind a flyer on uh, a 1,000 for KO. Adolfo's going to finish this guy. This is a fight, bro, for Adolfo to finish this guy, for them to be able to push Adolfo. A Get back bit. on track. They like Adolfo. They like Adolfo. They respect him, yeah. How could you? Yeah. Um, next fight uh, is in the also uh, tremendous middleweight division. Kyle Bohio versus McCall Chechuk. Uh The line for this one is Kyle as the massive favorite, minus 374, biggest favorite on the card, plus 309 for McCall Chechuk. So... I think this fight, it's tricky because I think that Kyle is, is obviously capable of hitting takedowns, taking McCall's back, and he's probably going to do that early on here. I was just talking about the Brundage fight. I mean, McCall, 10 seconds in, gets taken down, kind of gives up his back in that fight, and you got to think that Bohio is going to do that again here. But rewatching Bohio's fights against Muradov, um, the guy has dominant positions. He has mount, he has the back take, and he just makes two stupid decisions. One time he was mounted, he went for a mounted triangle and lost it. One time he got too high on the back and lost it. And it just it just seems like he he really doesn't have good finishing instincts. I mean, we've his UFC career has is almost what four fights at this point, and he's just been like kind of backpacking guys, not really looking to finish in them. Uh, just kind of cruising you know not really really impressing us too much um so I, I don't know i think that if mccall is able to reverse one of those those back takes or have some striking time here he's gonna look live at three to one because i just don't i'm not sure kyle is too comfortable striking um so i don't know it's a tough fight to, to wrap your head around obviously i'm not endorsing laying 400 on kayo i don't even think kayo's sub line is good i mean armin petrosian's a lifetime kickboxer he's not a very good grappler and bohio was never close to submitting him so you know 40 or less than 40 percent for bohio sub uh or no it's a it's 125 it's a little higher than 40 percent. that seems way too high so i'm struggling to find a single line i like here how about bohio by decision plus 225 that seems good to me that seems like the the most valuable line but i don't know tricky fight to really have a confident read on you have anything here hell yeah i'm taking McCall because we know what's the what's the saying McCall hits these guys and they go fucking down dude they just do this guy's got the legendary Polish power as well. And you know what none of these guys that Kayo has fought really have done? Punch this motherfucker in the body. So, you know, obviously, could he get backpacked? Yeah, I mean, like, if Cody Brundage <laughs> is getting behind you uh, so easily, Kayo Bahailio probably is as well. Guy's pretty strong for middleweight, right? He's big. Um, but, man, there's something about McCall that I just love his style. I love getting plus money on him, right? I was on him against, like, Dustin Jacoby. Could he have won that fight? Yeah, you know, the plus money. Do I regret it? Not really. You know, I th- think that he could he could have won that fight. Um, but I just getting plus money on this guy is just so good because he his his pace, is, it doesn't really stop, um, you know, especially in those first two rounds. Um, and with the commitment to 185, I think his conditioning overall is just better. Um, and Kyle has looked slow to me at times. And McCall's a guy who could rack up significant, let's just call it points or significant strikes, whatever it is, like momentum in around very easily and very quickly with a few shots, right? He he he's precise, but he also does have power. Um and when he unloads, he 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 lets it go and, and the punches land. Um so we're getting him like plus three oh nine, plus three ten. You know, I think that's pretty pretty good for this guy. 
Um, he showed some commitment to grappling, de grappling defense in his last fight, right against Brundage. Um, you know, he did the right things, right? He was getting his hips high. He cheated a little bit, right? Grabbed the fence. You always like to see that um, <laughs> when you're on a guy, right? For sure. Like, that, no lie. Like, I would always think about that. I'm like, man, if I'm tired, shit, like, you need a break. You throw a kick, hits him in the nuts. You know, wor worse things can happen, right? Veteran right? move. So, yeah, veteran move, dude. Um, I never had to do it, but veteran move for sure. Um, yeah, so I was just like I, I just like uh, Mikal here to 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 potentially be super live in this fight. Yeah, I think you're on the right track. I mean, if if this fight stays striking for more than a minute, or Kyle loses position one time, uh, then McCall is going to be a good bet. The only the, way the reason Kyle the reason Kyle is so good is he's got that judo black belt and he knows like some of these like little trips and shit. Like when he gets into like double underhooks in the clinch, uh, hopefully Mikhail can stay in the middle and or, or or stay on the uh front foot. Yep. Um. And yeah, you mentioned he. I mean, he knows defensive grappling has always been his his weak weakest aspect. He's probably been working on it steady for the past few years. Um. Anyway. And this is a southpaw 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 style so, or uh stance. So yeah. you know, I don't think I don't think this guy has. Or none of the Kyle's other opponents are southpaw. I want to see Kyle strike. I mean, I just feel like the guy, he has some, some decent striking, but I, I want to see him like extend it a little bit. See what he's look. See what he's got. All right, that's going to take us to the main event, bantamweight division. Amazing matchup here. Was supposed to be a few weeks ago for three rounds. Luckily, the UFC made the right call, bumping it up to five rounds here. Song and Dong taking on Ricky Simone in the main event. Um. Uh, Ricky's first main event, Song's second main event, uh, minus 125 for Ricky Simone, plus 105 for uh, Song Yudong. Kind of two-way action coming in on here, but seems like Ricky's holding as a slight favorite. Your turn to start this one off. Give us your thoughts on the matchup. Pretty cool fight. Um, watch a lot of these guys. You know, I've watched all of their fights, honestly, since they've come up. Um, you know, refresh, refresh definitely on a few of them. Um, you know, what impresses me about Ricky always is the intensity he brings, I think he surprised Jack Shore in his last fight. Um, you could kind of see when he was landing these takedowns, Jack is kind of looking like, man, this guy is like, you know, a little Tasmanian devil, you know, in on my legs. And, you know, training with these guys and, you know, those little dudes that uh, have that grappling pace is, is like, extremely tough. But I do think that, um, obviously, the, his wrestling, I think, is good. You know, he's tenacious, you know, uh, getting into those legs. But sometimes on, a, on top, you know, he doesn't always solidify or get you know obviously he's finished a lot of guys but like you know you kind of see some stuff like against that Gaetano guy like what's going on like he should have finished him way earlier in my opinion you know he lets like the Ray Borg fight be a little bit close you know the Brian Kelleher fight he's kind of like you know just grappling with him moving him around a little bit and Song I've just always been impressed by his hand speed his you know placement of his punches how he um throws when the other guy's throwing throws first throws last you know, he's just well adept at striking uh, and then moving and uh, moving within the kind of danger and the strikes that his opponent is putting out there. So that's always been impressive to me. I was leaning earlier to uh, Ricky, kind of now thinking maybe that song will be able to, with the striking and being able to, he's been working his grappling, the improvements that he's been making, maybe not be put down definitively decisively early right like you see a lot of ricky's takedowns you know they're kind of like double legs right he likes getting you against the fence and then he'll get the double leg he'll scoop you up 
against an athlete, you know, and someone as quick as Song, I do think it's going to be a little bit tough to to get those kind of like just powerful takedowns. You're picking them up, you're running them again across, right? Um, sometimes like these athletic guys can feed you a single leg instead of you know you getting a double leg, especially early when he's you know spry. Um, but you know, I, obviously, you know there is some tape like obviously the uh, Corey Sanhagen fight where Corey was shooting on the takedowns and you know he has terrible double legs. And he was getting somewhat close, but Song did, you know, get away from him a little bit. But he did get pinned against the fence a bit here, there, so whatever. Um, so I'm going to just lean to potentially the fight going over. Maybe, you know, it going the distance. I think you like that as well. Um, but, you know, I, I see why people came in on the Song side. I do think that Ricky could definitely win this fight. But I see it being something where it's going to be kind of close. Or, like, I could see Song winning, like, a first round or whatever. I could just see Ricky needing, like, it being very clear in between rounds, like, whether it be round two and round three, round three and round four, round four, whatever it is, that, hey, Ricky needs to win this next round, and he's going to need to take Song down to do it. And maybe that's the time that you come in live, you know, and, and back that, as opposed to you betting, you know, laying a quarter on him pre-fight, him maybe getting off to a slow start, even though he usually gets out the gates fast. Um, and then you're, you know, kind of chasing that afterwards and, you know, you're not in the best position. So that's my take on the fight. Yeah. I have general, generally similar thoughts as well. Um, I think it's a tough fight to, to pick a side on. Uh, I think I'm more um, just confident in what you were saying in the over in it going the distance and i think the best line on that is um the fight to start round four on fando at minus 118 i just think uh, i have this you know observation of when guys fight in their first or women honestly fight in their first main event uh they kind of are very aware that they're fighting the extra two rounds and it's almost like they uh subconsciously fight a little less uh with less intensity and aggression in those first three rounds because they're just expecting it to go those extra two rounds and they're a little um aware of their own cardio so i think that that's what's what's going to happen here is this will go into the championship rounds and i kind of envision song being up 2-1 going into those championship rounds for some reason so i don't think that ricky is a, a slam dunk before uh, a pre-fight bet. I do expect him to win the fight just by having that that relentless gas tank, that relentless takedown pursuit. I just think that that you know it's possible Ricky Simone is incapable of slowing down. This guy has a fucking motor on him. We've never really seen him tired in a fight. We have seen Song tired in fights, and we have seen Song uh, struggle with the wrestling of, of opponents before. Uh, I think the most notable example is the Cody Stamen fight, a fight that I think was ruled a draw, but he really should have lost that fight. Um, Kyler Phillips was also able to time a few takedowns on him. Um, I think Casey Kenny was able to get some clinches a, a lot of time on him. And I just think that, um, you know, Song's you know weakest area has to be uh, the defensive grappling. And we did see him stuff a lot of takedowns from Corey Sandak, and his takedown defense looked really good there. And I don't think the guy's a bad uh, grappler by any stretch of the means, but I just think that the the nonstop pace of of Ricky and the takedown attempts will eventually start to land and uh Ricky 
uh, we'll start to have, you know, some clinch time, some some back riding time. And I think that's going to favor him in, in what should just be a dogfight on who has the better cardio and, and who wants it more. Um, at distance, I think that you got to give an advantage to Song, you know, a pretty, a pretty clear advantage as well. I don't think Ricky is going to be... Um, you know, getting dominated on the feet, but I think the the harder puncher of the two and just the cleaner boxer has to be Song and Dong. Song's actually got some sneaky kicks as well. Remember, he knocked out Arce with a head kick. Um, and you know, I'm just really excited for this fight, man. I think that these exchanges are going to be great. The striking exchanges are going to be fast, high intensity. The wrestling exchanges are going to be uh, very scrambly and high amplitude. And this is just going to be one hell of a fight. I expected to see the full five rounds. I expect Ricky to edge out a, a close decision here, but uh, I'm just not confident enough to, to make a pre-fight bet on uh, Ricky. I kind of like what Ozzy was saying, where I think there will be like a, a, a dire moment in the fight where Ricky really turns it up and starts, uh, you know, breaking song with his pace. And I think that'll probably come in like the third round at some point too. So, uh, looks alive bet this one. I like the fight going the, into the fourth round, you know, just any of the overs in this fight are probably good. And, uh, you know, one hell of a piece of matchmaking here props to the UFC for making it a main event. And I just can't wait for it uh, this Saturday. So pretty calm. We could fight. Who, who, who does winner, who does winner get there? Martian, who do you think winner gets? Well, Aljo versus Sterling is happening in May. If Aljo wins, uh, I guess whoever wins this fight is is going to fight for the belt next, right? Because Mirab's not going to fight them. Oh, bro, O'Malley's definitely fighting for the belt. I don't think it's definite, bro. Sure, by the bro. by, the time he, yeah, I mean, are we, we there's you, no way Song Yadong is getting a title shot, bro. <laughs> That's what true. Are you fucking talking about? Well. That's true because he's only coming off a of one win. You're right. You're right. So, but I, I don't know. I think if Ricky wins, he has a better claim. But obviously, he just doesn't have. You know, he doesn't have any. One suction. of these. One of these motherfuckers is gonna have to fight Umar. Mm, one you of think? Them. Yes. Well, uh, Rick, Ricky did an interview today where he was saying, "Yo, I already beat Mirab. Let's fucking fight again over five rounds." That cr- it takes a crazy. That might happen. It takes a crazy yeah, motherfucker to call out Mirab. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's nuts. and if he's he wants nuts. that, bro, he's ready. <laughs> there you go. Good. Perfect way to end. I didn't know, not know that. That's the fight I want to see. Put it on Long Island, main event for Marab. There you go. All right, everyone. Thanks to you all for listening. Hope you all enjoy the fights this weekend. Win some bets, and we will see you all before next week's UFC event, UFC 288, going down in Newark, New Jersey. Excited for that one. So see you all next week. Peace out, everyone.